Welcome to the Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs podcast, a place for podcasters to learn what's actually working in the world of podcasting and how to use their podcast to generate consistent leads in their business. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited you're here. Hey, Savvies, welcome back to another episode of Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs. Today, I'm chatting with Jackie Kossoff. Jackie is a marketing strategist and success coach for fellow entrepreneurs building their own marketing agencies. She's an Amazon bestselling author, host of the Millennial Success Stories podcast, and also runs a full-service Facebook ad and marketing agency. When she's not working, she's probably reading, writing, watching history documentaries, or traveling to historic sites in Europe. So I'm super excited to have Jackie here to chat today all about how to sell on your podcast without being sleazy. So let's dive right in. Hi, Jackie. Welcome to the show. I'm super excited that you're here and I can't wait to chat all about podcasting with you. So before we dive into the episode, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and your podcast and just how you got started with all of that. Yeah, well, thank you, Jenny, first of all, for having me on the show. I'm super excited to be here. And um, yeah, so about myself and my business. So I am a marketing strategist and success coach. I have a Facebook ads agency where I work with service-based businesses. And then I also coach other women who want to build their own marketing agencies. So um, yeah, and I've been doing that for almost two and a half years now. It's, yeah, it's been like, it's been like two and a half years. It sounds like on the one hand, it seems like it's been so much longer than that. And then on the other hand, it seems like it was just yesterday. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that's what I've been doing. And um, my podcast is called Millennial Success Stories. And I was really called to start this podcast um, when I first started coaching. And so when I first started coaching, I actually wasn't as niched as I am now, I guess you could say. Um, I focused on, um, you know, just coaching women entrepreneurs in general as they were starting out. And it's kind of funny because almost every single one of my clients was actually in the marketing space. I think I only had like one or two that weren't in the marketing space. So I was kind of just naturally attracting people who were also marketers. Um, so looking back, that's just, I, I just find that funny, but, um, I really wanted to create a show that was all about sharing the amazing successes that young women were, um, were creating and were accomplishing in the entrepreneurial space. I, um, you know, I just really felt like when I first started my business, I was 24. And, um, whenever I would go to in-person networking events, Um, And since we are recording this during coronavirus, we can't really do that anymore. But (laughs) when I was going to in-person networking events, um, you know, I was meeting so many young women who were around my age or a few years older, and I was hearing the same thing over and over again. You know, I would tell people that I had my own business, and there were so many women who were working the nine to five in the corporate world who were telling me that they had dreamed their whole lives of starting a business, um, and then they would follow that up with some kind of excuse. So they would follow that up with, but like, you know, I don't have enough experience yet, or, um, you know, I, I need a steady paycheck, or, you know, whatever the excuse was. Um, 
of why they were staying in the corporate world, staying in their nine to fives. And I really wanted to show these women who, you know, for the most part were either, you know, my age or, or even, you know, a little older. So hence a little more, they had more job experience than I had when I started my business. Right. And I just really wanted a show that would show them what was possible for them, where they could hear from women who were just like them, just like me. Um, you know, cause I saw myself in them. So I was like, wait, but like, I'm literally like, like I was where you were, <laughs> you know? So it was kind of like, I just really wanted to create a show for them to show them what was possible in their own lives and to just inspire other young women who, um, you know, could really use a podcast like this and sort of just create a space that I felt would inspire me in the beginning of my journey. And so that's how Millennial Success Stories was born. And since then, I have spoken with, oh my gosh, so many different women and also a few men too about, um, you know, about their journeys from all different, um, all different levels. So I have some people who are just starting out, they're, you know, building their, uh, their side hustle right now. And then I have others who are eight figure entrepreneurs. So, um, and everything in between. So it's been quite an adventure and it's, yeah. And it's, it's still going. We're on our second season right now. And, um, I already have people like, um, contacting me like for like, well, essentially for, for next season, for like season three. So next year, 2021, um, just because I'm filling up fast and some of the spots like just, yeah, they're going fast. So yeah. <laughs> That's really cool though. And I love that. I actually started my business at 24 as well. Um, I'm now 28 to put that in perspective, but, mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's, it's one of those things you're like, I don't feel super experienced like because I, yeah. I was probably in the corporate world for like a year and a half, two years before I was like, peace out, Girl Scout, I'm done with this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's so interesting and I and I love I love that concept. It's really cool to kind of, you know, to be that person that's inspiring people to, you know, whether they want to leave corporate or kind of just take the next step in their journey, whatever that may be. So obviously now we kind of know why you started your podcast, but how long have you been doing it for? I know you said you're on season two, but do you typically do like one season a year or how does that work for you? Yeah. So in the beginning, I really didn't have it planned out. Um, you know, the podcasts that I followed were pretty established. They were pretty successful. You know, we're talking like hundreds of thousands, millions of downloads. And so they were creating content, you know, every week, sometimes multiple times a week and, you know, consistently on a, you know, ongoing schedule. So they weren't, you know, taking time off. And so that was the original concept that I had of a podcast. That's thought, that's what I thought, um, you know, a podcast should be. So I sort of just started by, um, recording a, a bunch of episodes. So I recorded, um, about 10 episodes before the show even launched. Um, I started recording last year. I still remember it. It was like beginning of February. I started recording and then I launched in mid April. Um, and so I had already had 10 episodes recorded. I like immediately in May, I still remember this because I literally like, um, I interviewed like 20 people in May. Like I had 20 interviews in May and it was, uh, was kind of crazy. And then um, I pretty much had my content for like the rest of the year. And I wasn't even necessarily trying to get it all done at that point. But at the same time, I also felt so incredibly overwhelmed because I was like, oh my gosh, like I just need to continue recording. I need to continue doing this and all this stuff. And like, how am I going to keep this up? And then I actually um, connected with another podcast host who is also, she also has a podcast for millennials. And um, 
what I loved from her was that she actually decided like that she was going to have seasons. And so that was something that I hadn't really thought of before for my podcast. It's just, you know, I hadn't really um, interacted with that many shows that like kept to a seasonal schedule or anything like that. And so, um, you know, talking with her and hearing about how, you know, she was planning her second season too, and she was only going to do 12 episodes. And that just sounded amazing to me. I was like, yes, like I want to have seasons, like this is what I'm going to do. And so um, at the end of 2019, I decided I was going to, you know, kind of end my, um, my, my season one of my podcast um, at the end of the year and that I would um, prepare for season two and, you know, kind of record in advance like I did before and just really be more strategic, I guess, with, um, with how I was going to create the episodes. And so I've decided that, you know, this season, last season, kind of, you know, by accident, there were over 30 episodes. This season, I'm going to keep it around 20, a little over 20. Um, And I'm just, things are more planned. And, you know, this isn't, this is, there's multiple reasons for it. I think one is just like for, um, my own like sanity. And so I can like, you know, do this and have this show and, um, and know exactly, you know, what I'm going to be recording, how many episodes I have left. Um, and you know, if, do I need more guests? Like, you know, how many, you know, guest spots are available? Like what solo episodes am I going to do? Cause I do some solo casts, um, in between guest episodes. So, for me, it's just really made it more manageable. And it's also really helped me decide in advance, like what I'm going to be talking about and like how I'm going to be conversing with my guests and leading the, um, I don't necessarily like to use the term interviews, but like conversations <laughs> and, um, and things like that. So personally, I just felt like the seasonal model, um, opened up so many new opportunities for me to just really feel like I was more um, in in command of the show, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> it's always interesting to hear how people do it because I've actually always been in the camp of like, technically, yes, I'm on season three, but my <laughs> every season is my a year. So like mm-hmm. I started 2018, January 1st or whatever the first like Tuesday of January was. Mm-hmm. And then that was season one. Then season two was January 1st of the following year. And now yeah. we're on season three. So it's kind of like not really seasons, but yeah, that's just kind of mm-hmm. how I categorize it. So how do, how do you like kind of manage that? So obviously you record like 20 episodes, but do you put out one a week until you kind of run out and then go on a hiatus for a, a couple months or how, like, how do you manage that? Yeah. So what I did, and this literally was just me, um, kind of learning as I go, <laughs> um, like when I ended the first season, I made an episode about like, okay, we're ending season one. Like, (laughs) you know, that's it. So I did kind of like a little review and recap just of the things that I learned, my favorite parts of the season. Um, I talked about what I had hoped to uh, speak about in season two, which most of it has, um, has materialized at least so far in in the episodes that I've recorded. And then in terms of season two, before I even started recording, I had already filled about half the spots. So I was feeling really good about, you know, the guests that I was having. I was being more intentional with, um, with the guests that I was having on my show. You know, not that, um, you know, I mean, I had some amazing people on first season, but it kind of came together by accident. (laughs) And so this time I wanted to be more intentional. Um, I was able to immediately invite some people that I had kind of had on my like dream guest list, um, to be on the show and have them come on. And so 
Um, I had half, so I literally just launched the second season um, a week a week ago. So like a week before we are recording this episode right now. And um, I had half the episodes, half the guest episodes were completed. Um, the content, you know, so I launched like mid end of April and um, I have all the content through June um, ready to go. So I'm the season itself will run through, I think it's October, but, um, right now I have the first few months like ready to go and I just have to cover the second half of the season. Um, but it's just, for me, it's much more manageable. I release an episode a week and, um, in the season launch, I released, I released two episodes. So I released my intro to season two, this is what to expect. And then my first guest episode. And then, um, there will be one per week. Um, for me, it's on Wednesdays, <laughs> just because I like kind of the middle of the week. I just, for some reason, I just really thought that was a great day to release my podcast episodes. And so, um, so that's what I've been doing. And yeah, it's really made things a lot more manageable for me. It's made things a lot more manageable for my team. Um, literally, like they've, you know, been helping me um, in batches. So it's like, I kind of, I was able to give them, you know, a few recordings at a time and I was like okay here we go ready for editing ready for show notes like um and so it just helped everything I think run really smoothly because now we we literally have everything um set for the next um at least two months and so we really only have another um another two-ish months of content um left to left to go yeah I love that that's really interesting so you kind of took like from January to almost the end of April off and then not off, off, but like mm-hmm. you weren't putting yeah. out new content. I was, right? yeah. And I was recording. So last year I had finished recording every single episode by September, I think, but then I kept releasing until December and then I decided I was going to, so I, I took it off. So I literally didn't record anything from like end of September through um, January. And then very beginning of January, I started doing interviews for season two um, and lining those up. And originally I was planning on having all my interviews ready by March, <laughs> um, like by the end of March, that was my goal so that everything would be done before the season launched. But just the way that life works and um you know my some of my guests had to rearrange their interviews or postpone um and for and then for me like my marketing business i got um a lot of new clients in the beginning of the year um and so it was you know i kind of needed my focus needed to be there um so i could support my clients and serve in the way that i love doing in in that business that i have and so Um, but for me, it was really like, I'm actually really grateful that I was able to complete like the first half of the season before we even launched. Um, because I really do feel like, um, on top of things, I don't feel stressed at all about like, will the episode be ready? Like what's going on? Because, um, you know, last year, like, yes, we recorded a lot of the episodes together, but then I didn't necessarily send them all to my editor. Like, right away, which is also something that I learned like this year, like I should do. So, um, so that's like, you know, kind of learn as you go, like figure out what works. Um, cause I was kind of sending, I would send the episode to the editor, like, um, like two or three weeks before it was going to launch. And right. so, and yeah. And so, but then I realized for this season, I was like, wait, let me just batch these. So I've been sending her a few episodes at a time. Um, and right. so that she can work through those and get those done 
early totally. <laughs> and, and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 It's really helpful. And it's always interesting to hear how people kind of structure things. Cause that's the beauty of having a podcast. Like it doesn't have to be this same thing for everyone. You can do it however you want. You can have guests, you can only have solo episodes, you can have seasons, you cannot. It's just really, you know, it's up to you. And so many people like, you know, when you go into your own business, even like a lot of people will start running it like they ran their nine to five. Mm-hmm. And then they realize mm, this is not why like I started this business. And it's the same thing. It's like you can change your podcast and that's completely okay. Like mm-hmm. people think they need to be stuck with the structure because someone told them no seasons are bad or yes, seasons are the way to go. Um, okay. So it's really important to kind of figure out what works for you and what's mm-hmm. going to work you know, over time and you can adapt that and people, people will get it and they'll get used to it and accustomed to it. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of a good lesson to learn. So when it comes to your podcast, what do you think is working best at this present moment? Um, yeah. So let's see. I mean, I think if we talk about the podcast itself and like, so what people hear, (laughs) so the final product, um, I personally love the conversational aspect to my to my podcast I really try to keep the conversations organic I try to you know yes I have a questionnaire for people to you know answer but it's mainly just it's also for me and my team just to kind of screen uh, potential guests to make sure that they're a good fit for the show um and but I also ask questions quite frequently that are not at all um prepared in advance it's literally just based on how the conversation goes and um then behind the scenes, I think that, you know, me and my team, um, there's, I actually have, so I have my editor working on, um, you know, editing the stuff. And then I have, um, you know, one of my VAs working on the show notes. So there's three of us who work on this show and, um, they're just so incredibly helpful. And we've literally gotten it down to like, kind of like an assembly line. So it's like, I'll record, I'll get that stuff. I'll upload it. Um, my editor will, you know, get it all ready and edit it. And then, you know, my VA will do the show notes and, um, and we've all just really grown and like learned along the way. And I've loved working with them and also helping, you know, they've given me insight into the show and like literally have helped me produce it. Um, and then, you know, I've also been able to, you know, help them, um, you know, in terms of like, I guess our time management and like organization and just like working as a team, like they've both told me that they love the experience of, of working on the show. And, um, when we were on like hiatus, I guess you could say, like when I was focusing on recording the episodes before I sent them to be, um, edited, uh, they were like constantly like messaging me, like, you know, being like, oh my, when are we starting? Like, I'm excited. I want to start already. Like, <laughs> so um, that's been really great too. Yeah. It's really good to have a good process when it comes to like what you do. And of course, like it's going to adapt over time, like probably from mm-hmm. the first episode you put out to like where you're at now, everything has gotten better and more efficient in terms of like the back end processes. I know for me it has. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and cause you kind of learn as you go and you're like, okay, well now I feel like I'm good with this and maybe we can implement that and like things like that. And it just makes it so much easier. Cause obviously you don't start your podcast with like, um, 
you know, tons of call to actions or like all this like really professional stuff, you kind of work your way up. I mean, some people do, but if you have, if you have a good budget, then obviously, yeah, you can do that. (laughs) Most people like bare bones it from the beginning and then kind of like work their way up and make it better. So I love that. I think that's really helpful. Um, and it's always good to have like a process with your, your guests as well. Like obviously sending out a questionnaire is great, but at the same time, like having those real and raw conversations on the fly and kind of adding in questions as you go is really helpful too. I like to do the same thing because I feel like it can get pretty stale if you're just kind of reading off a script instead of like kind of going with the flow of the conversation because obviously mm-hmm. things are going to come to your head, into your head. So it's important to kind of like, if you have a question that's relevant, <laughs> ask it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's how I feel at least. So kind of on the other side of things, I don't like to say failure, but what is like something that you wish you could have done better with your podcast? And like, what did you learn from that? Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, aside from just like the kind of, uh, time management issues, I feel like in the beginning where I was kind of, um, you know, I had a ton of episodes. I was recording like, you know, 20 episodes in one month, which honestly was a little crazy. Um, and then just getting the process like set with my team aside from those issues. Um, I think that, you know, the only thing that I would really change, and this is kind of a mindset issue would just be my, I feel like my own confidence in being selective about guests. Um, you know, as I said earlier, I had some absolutely amazing people, um, on season one. Um, however, I like, I think I had like two or three guests where it really just wasn't a good fit and we just didn't really vibe that well. And if you listen to the, like, I sounds terrible. (laughs) If you listen to the episodes, you can probably figure out which ones they are. Um, and I just felt like, you know, at the time I was like, you know, I mean, I have to, um, I have to release these, like, even though I just, I feel like they're not the best and like, you know, I need to like, this is content, right? Like I need to put it out. I told these people they were going to be on my show, like, um, you know, and, but now I think that, you know, I'm in a place where I am able to, not that I wasn't able to before, but I, I didn't see that I was able to be more selective with my guests and really, um, you know, vet people beforehand, um, because I was a new show. So like, you know, my first season, I was just like, I'm so new, like, you know, how am I ever gonna, you know, fill this show up? Like, how am I going to get good guests? Like nobody's going to want to be on an unheard of show, you know, things like that. And, you know, that was just something that I feel like was holding me back. And, um, I, felt like this season, you know, I was able to be like, okay, you know what, like, I'm just going to have good conversations with people. And, um, I'm also going to be like a little more unapologetic because I've had, I've talked to people who have, you know, recorded episodes on podcasts where, you know, the host like told them like, you know, we did not choose your episode. And I know that that sounds so incredibly harsh and I haven't had to do this yet. (laughs) Um, just because I feel like my guests for season two have been really awesome. Um, so that's good, but just having that confidence to be like, you know what, I have a show that people look to for value and, you know, they're going to, they're getting value out of it. And so every single episode I want to be like, you know, absolutely amazing in a certain way. And if it seems like one of my guests, like, isn't a good fit or something like that, um, and we've already recorded the episode, like I might be doing them a favor by not putting it out because if we weren't vibing, like both of us might not come out in a good light. And so that's just something where I think that my own 
confidence, um, you know, has been like challenged, I guess you could say, <laughs> like challenged and tested and evolved just because for me, it was like in the very beginning when I heard people doing that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. But then from a host perspective, like, you know, you have this, like you have kind of a, um, obligation to your listeners and your community to put out like a really high value, um, you know, podcast episode and, um, just like making sure that you do that. And I've actually had people, I had someone last, um, last season ask me not to release her episode. And so, and I actually give her a lot of credit just because she decided that she wasn't comfortable with some of the things that she talked about on the show. And I completely respect that. So I think just understanding that like, that's a thing and just really being respectful of, you know, both um, yourself as the host and also your guest and your listeners is, um, is something that I have learned and something that, um, I guess my own confidence around, um, you know, stand, like standing in my power when it comes to my podcast in the first season, I wish I would have done that a little more. Um, just because in the beginning I did sort of accept anyone and everyone <laughs> and it was just kind of like luck that almost everybody was really like really good. <laughs> Right. I think we've all been there where we've had like one, maybe two episodes that are just kind of like, Ooh, should I put this out? Like I've definitely had that <laughs> internal conflict before. And I ended up just releasing it cause I felt guilty. Um, thankfully since then I haven't run into that, but it was just one of those things. I'm like, Ooh, should I put this out? Should I not? It actually ended up being, being one of my higher downloaded episodes. And I'm like, Oh crap. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, that, that one hasn't happened to me. I would have been, I would have been like, you know, a lot happier if that, if that did happen, but it was just kind of like, I know this sounds terrible, but I sort of think of them as like, just kind of like throwaway episodes. I'm like, okay, I'm just putting this out there. And um, yeah, they're um, at least for my show, um, it wasn't that listen to but yeah right yeah no I totally I totally get it it's one of those things that you're just kind of like Ooh, but you know like you kind of learn that that's okay and like you shouldn't feel bad about it I mean I don't know if I would go to the point of saying like hey we're not gonna be releasing your episode I usually if that happened to me I think I would just not release it and not say anything yeah exactly yeah, don't don't don't, I don't think them. people are gonna come to you and be like yo when's my episode going yeah. live yeah no I actually had so funny story I was interviewed on this podcast the episode was released and then I went back like a month later to check on it and because I was actually gonna send it to someone and it wasn't there and I was like, uh, <laughs> like what happened? Like, did they remove it and stuff like that? And so, but I didn't reach out. Like I wasn't going to be like, Hey, like, why'd you take down my episode? Like, um, you know, exactly. and so, but then I, um, the host actually reached out to like, to me and I think all the other guests, it was like, you know, a month later, basically just saying like that she had purposely taken away like all the episodes that she, like that she had recorded in the last few months so that she could have like this big launch party where she was going to like launch them all at the same time. <laughs> and so, um, so I was like, Oh, okay. That's why that happened. But, um, yeah, no, I totally, I totally get, um, what you, 
<laughs> yeah, I'm not very <laughs> confrontational, so that feels really awkward for me. For me, I'd rather just not release it. Like, I have definitely had one where I didn't release because the audio was, like, really, really bad. I mean, obviously, Zoom can be not the greatest quality all the time, but this one literally sounded, like, robotic. Like, it was yeah. so weird. And it wasn't my fault. And it wasn't the person's fault, but at the time I just didn't have time to go and re-record with them. So I just didn't release it and I felt really bad about it and I never mm -hmm. said anything, but it was not because it was a bad episode, like content wise, it was just like, yeah, yeah. no. So yeah. if you're listening, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I, didn't, I didn't mean oh. to. <laughs> it's not you. It, it was me being really busy. Yeah. Like I mean, and that can always, that can always give you like an easy out if you just wanted to tell someone, oh, I'm so sorry, the audio sucked. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. yeah no, that, that literally was but, the case though. The audio was Yeah. You're like, you're like, this really happened. Um, yeah. 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 One of those things. So. And then I think there's just one other thing that I would want to say that I think is important for other people. You know, I've had guests on the show where, you know, we would record the episode and then, you know, they'd be like, okay, so I need you to release this episode, um, you know, the first week of September or, you know, whatever it is, because that's when I have my launch. And in the beginning I was like, oh, um, okay. Yeah. And there were sometimes where literally like in the beginning, my guests would ask me to like release their episode like the next week. And I would like bend over backwards to make that happen so that I could like, you know, be supportive of them. But then about halfway through the season, I realized like, no, like, other the guests sorry like you know like I love my guests but like they're not going to be dictating when I release their episodes and um I still remember one of the guests from last from last season um on my show like she got really upset at me like after our interview because I refused to release her episode it was literally like a week or two after we had recorded it and I was like no I'm sorry like I already have the other episodes ready to go like they're slotted like the people their the guests have already been alerted like I can't just like you know switch it around just for you because you just so happen to be like you know having a lunch like you know like if you if you had told me further in advance you know because I have all pretty much everybody uh books in an interview time like pretty far in advance, I would say for my show. Um, I don't know if this is like purposeful because I do have like, you know, sometimes I have time on my calendar like the next week, but I have a lot of people like that book in advance. And so, um, you know, I'm just like, you know, maybe if you had booked in advance and you would like told me like, if, like a month or two ago, like, Hey, like, can we try to get this ready for my launch? That's in a month or two. Like it would have been like, yeah, great. Let's do it. I would love to support you. But if it's like, Oh, I have a launch next week. Like, please release it immediately. I'm just like, no, like I can't, I can't do that. I can't just like completely change my schedule because it would fit your launch better. You know, so I think that's also something that I just would like other podcast hosts to be aware of is really like stay in your power when you're a podcast host and don't allow your guests to dictate like when their episode is going to launch. I mean, like, yes, obviously try to be helpful. Um, and I always try to be helpful. Like, um, you know, if my, if my guests tell me in advance, like they have something coming up in, you know, a few months, I'll be like, yeah, I would love to get your show, your episode out in time for that. Um, obviously I do that, but if, you know, if someone's like demanding that I release it the following week, um, you know, I really, you got, just kind of have to put your foot down and own your show. 
right? It's all about how they approach it. Like if they're approaching it in a nice and calm manner, then yeah, that's one thing. I'm the same way. I mean, obviously like this, it's different, but like whenever I have my old show focus and with uh, Lindsay and I's podcast at Boulder Biz, we are pretty accommodating if someone has like a launch coming up, but we usually tell them before we record like, Hey, your episode's not set to go live until this day. So Mm -hmm. if you know, if you want to mention anything time sensitive, like probably don't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so that's, that's what I, that's what I've started doing uh, this season is just like telling people. Yeah. So you're looking at, you know, like I'll usually give a month. I'll be like, Hey, we're, we're recording for July now. So. Right. Right. (laughs) And I mean, like, like you said, as long as people are like nice about it and they're not like demanding, it's like, okay, like you need to be able to be in control of your show. And I've had Mm -hmm. people ask me like things like, should I have my guest review it before it goes live? And I'm like, no, honestly, you're just kind of asking for trouble if that's the case. I mean, obviously if it's like a really sensitive topic, like your podcast is about like, you know, like true crime or like, you know, very, very, very in-depth topics like mental health or something, then yeah, that would make a little more sense to have them review it. But if you're just talking about like casual business stuff or like someone's career or something, then it's like, it's not going to be in your best interest to have people review it every time because that just adds more work to your plate. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, totally, totally understand that. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to your listeners, where do you think you're getting them from? I know, I know, I know podcasting does not provide <laughs> the best analytics for that. It's kind of like, okay, here's your downloads. Here's mm-hmm. like for the month, here's your downloads per episode, the end. <laughs> but like, where do you think that most of your people are coming from? Like social media, from you being a guest on other people's podcasts, your email list, where, like, where do you think the majority of those people are coming from? Yeah, you know, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, I've had people reach out to me, like, you know, on, on social media, like on Instagram, like letting me know that they've, um, you know, they listened, you know, to an episode or letting me know their, um, like takeaways and things like that. So that's been awesome. Cause, um, I, I always love when I'm, you know, contacted by a random listener <laughs> and then, but I mean, I also know that there are, you know, there are other people who, um, who, listen to my podcast, maybe because, yeah, because they've come across me on another show. Also just because they listen to a lot of similar podcasts to mine. So one of the things that, you know, I've done is really try to um, build relationships with the other hosts of podcasts geared toward millennial women. And so we've done, um, you know, we've done some interview exchanges and, you know, things like that. So just really getting in front of the different audiences that are um, similar to mine so that I can also serve them with my podcast. Um, because I think that, you know, as podcast hosts, um, I feel like sometimes we're like, Oh, well, like, you know, that show is like the competition, but it's like, okay, you know what? Like how many podcasts do you listen to? Cause I know I listen to a few. And so, and like, and some of them are pretty similar, but like, you know, very, but like different because the host has different insights and like the conversations are different and all that stuff. So I really don't see it as competition. I see it as like a way where you can just encourage people to listen to like your show and other people's shows. (laughs) Like there's room for all of us. Like there are some people who listen to like, you know, 10 podcasts, like, and they regularly listen to them. And, you know, then there's other people who, you know, may listen to a few less, but it's not, it's like, you know, collaboration over competition, you know, things like that. I've really um, taken that stance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think it's really good to diversify and kind of like utilize social media, being a guest and, you know, all those different collaboration opportunities, 
and also, yeah, it's really important to support other people. I think podcasters are pretty good about it for the most part. Like I feel like we're pretty good as a whole about supporting each other. And, you know, I've had other podcasters on my show that also are podcast managers. They do exactly what I do. But I mean, obviously they don't pitch their services and I don't pitch mine. We just talk what it's like to be a podcast manager or what it's like to do X, Y, Z, to edit a podcast or whatever. But we don't like, you know, I'm not like, Hey, buy my stuff. And they're not like, Hey, buy my stuff. So we're not like directly competing. And you know, it's a good way to like talk with someone who's in the same industry as me, but also Mm -hmm. like, you know, have a civil conversation and not just be like a who can outpitch each other basically. So I think that's really important. I think podcasters do a really good job about that um, compared to other communities, at least in my opinion, from what I've seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I definitely think that there's so much support out there. um, And so, yeah, I guess. And that's why I was just saying, like, I think like in answering your question, like, I think that that's how, um, you know, people have found me just by listening to podcasts that would appeal to my ideal audience. So exactly. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So when it comes to those people listening to your show, how do you kind of turn those people into clients or customers of yours? Because obviously like our podcast is great free content and stuff, but our in-game goal is most likely to turn those people into, you know, further along the funnel. So mm-hmm. what, how do you kind of go about that? Yeah. So this is actually something that I'm, I'm putting together. I put together a strategy for season two. And as I said, I recently launched season two. So the strategy is now in motion, but, um, the first season I was hardly talking about like what I did or like anything like that. And like, you know, I was encouraging people to like find me on social media, join my email list. And so I've, I've seen people do that. Like, you know, as, as I said, people reaching out to me on social media, people joining my email list, um, you know, responding to my emails, telling me they love the episode, things like that. Um, but it was really when I was doing some research prior to season two that I was like, okay, so how do I actually get clients from podcasts? Because I have my podcast and I love my podcast. And I really think, you know, just kind of the fact that I wasn't even really like, um, you know, thinking about, oh, like, let me make money from this, like right away, um, just shows I in the beginning, I was, you know, it was, it was very purpose driven. I really just like genuinely believe in the mission of this podcast so much. Um, but of course, I do also want to work with awesome clients and, um, you know, and help people that are listening to my podcast because, um, it's definitely, um, definitely a way I serve. And so for me, I looked up, um, you know, kind of, yeah, the best way to monetize a podcast, like for yourself. Right. And so, cause there's, you can like get sponsors and, you know, things like that, but, um, you know, that's not necessarily like the way to make the best money, I guess you can say. Um, because there's a lot of extra like things involved in that. But um, I came across this really invaluable um, article about um, how in the podcast world, um, men and podcasts hosted by men tend to do better because they pitch in the very beginning of every episode. Um, And women tend to pitch at the end of their episodes. And this was something where I was like, it was just like, oh my gosh, yes, like this makes so much sense because in my show, I would 
only talk about my services at the end. Like I had my outro was basically me being like, oh yeah, by the way, like, um, you know, join my Facebook group and like, <laughs> you know, like do these things. Right. And so it made me realize, okay, no, I actually have to, I have to tell people how they can work with me. I have to tell people how they can support the show, how they can get involved. And I need to do that in the beginning of every episode. And so I revamped my intro for season two in order to include that call to action. And I also, um, you know, kind of listened back to some of the other podcasts that I listened to and, um, not every episode, and this is why I made it every episode, but because, you know, mo- a majority of the podcasts that I listen to are hosted by women. Um, I do listen to uh, a few hosted by men, but a majority of them are hosted by women. And once I, like, realized this, once I read this, I started paying attention. And I noticed um, that very, very few of them even pitch in the beginning. And if they do pitch, they don't pitch every episode. It's like every five episodes. They'll be like, oh yeah, by the way, schedule a call with me. And you know, these are incredibly successful women. These are women who are making really good money. Um, but like, just because of the way that, you know, this pitching and sales and all this stuff is working, um, you know, I decided I was like, you know what, I'm just going to have it be every single episode because that's what the men are doing. And that's why they're making more money. So like, (laughs) um, currently I don't necessarily have stats for that because I literally just launched the first two episodes of the season, um, in the past week, but I will follow up and let you know how that works. Um, and I would just encourage anyone. And I've been telling like, um, everybody, I'm telling like everybody I meet who like has a podcast about this, um, just pitch in the beginning and um and see how it goes because like that is supposedly according to the people who've done the research and wrote that article um that is the way to make money in the podcasting world right yeah i think that's really important too and i've noticed a couple people that do that like i know amy porterfield does whenever she has something going on obviously she doesn't do it every time but she does like you know at least joining her email list or whatever grabbing whatever freebie at the beginning mm-hmm. and I think yeah. that feels more comfortable for me personally like being like hey you know if you want to start your own podcast go grab the podcast launch toolkit at xyz url or something mm-hmm. versus like yes yes and that's a hard and, sale. And, and that's essentially <laughs> yeah no and that's essentially what I mean in the beginning of my podcast you, know, you guys can go listen to it um it just offers I just offer people to get on a discovery call with me um about about my coaching services so if you are building a marketing agency I just I just say yeah if you're building a marketing agency and would love some support and and guidance around that please like you know get on a call and we'll connect personally so um I just mentioned that it's not like oh my gosh and here's my program and it's like (laughs) yeah I totally I totally get it that's that's funny um yeah yeah no I meant more like um like, a, like you can do soft sale, like, you know, not, I, and when I have, when I'm talking about pitching, I'm talking about like letting people know how to get in contact with you, like letting people know, Hey, like, you know, you can book a discovery call or, you know, you can join my email list or join my Facebook group. You know, I'm not necessarily like talking about like, Oh, and here's my $10,000 program <laughs> go by now. <laughs> you know, things like that. Like just how can people get in touch with you? How can they work with you? How can they support you? Because, um, you know, just, I mean, the article that I was reading was even talking about how 
women in podcasts, like they don't even talk about how you can support the show by going on like a Patreon page. Whereas right. like men will be like, oh yes, we have a Patreon page, you know, donate anything you can, like, you know, any, anything is, you know, helpful. Whereas women won't even say that. And then like, you know, they'll mention it one time and their listeners will be like, wait, there's a Patreon page for this show. Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I I think it's just kind of the difference between men and women and, you know, what we feel comfortable with. So that's definitely interesting. Um, I'd love to hear that from kind of how it works out for you. Cause I've always Mm -hmm. done at the end or in the, like a middle B roll type situation. I kind of, I've done it in the beginning before, but not consistently. So I'm curious to see how that works. So you'll have to let us know. Mm Um, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very interested in, I'm very interested in seeing how it works myself too. Cause I literally just added one sentence to my intro mm-hmm. about getting on a discovery call with me. Hmm. That was it. Yeah, so like, easy enough, yeah. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to like keeping those people coming back for more, what, what kind of strategies do you, or what kind of things do you do to make them come back for more each time? Like, um, is there anything specific or, you know, is it just based on what content you're producing or how does that work for you? Yeah, yeah, I really feel like it's based on the content. And, um, you know, especially this season, I feel like I've been consciously wanting to speak about um, topics that are more controversial, I guess, in the entrepreneurial space, like a lot of people don't talk about them. Um, So I talk a lot about you know, I talk about money this season. I talk about sales. I also talk about like going into debt, (laughs) like as a business owner, I talk about, um, you know, like things that just the kind of like, I don't want to say like the dark side of entrepreneurship, but like things that people aren't, um, you know, aren't talking about enough in the online entrepreneur space. And so I feel like there are so many entrepreneurs who, um, you know, who don't, who get to this point where, you know, maybe they're feeling like burnt out, maybe they're feeling stressed or anxious and, or depressed. Like I have one of the guests on this season, um, shares about her own, um, you know, like overcoming depression as an entrepreneur. And, um, for me, you know, it's really just like letting my listeners know that I am providing, um, you know, content for them. That's really going to help them no matter where they're at, whether they are, you know, the, you know, feeling like they're at the top of the roller coaster or whether they're feeling like, um, you know, they've just gone down one of the drops because entrepreneurial, like, I feel like entrepreneurialism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the word I'm looking for is just like a total roller coaster. And I really want to make sure that I'm serving my listeners, whether they are at a high point or a low point and really just help them get to that next level. Yeah, I think that is really important. And I, yeah, I think talking about those things that, you know, people don't normally talk about can be good. It's scary at first because you're like, ooh, like what are people going to think? But at the same time, it's like a good conversation to have. And, you know, not enough people are having those conversations. So I think that's kind of what sets um, podcasts that do that apart from the ones that are just kind of like, just barely grazing on the surface. Of oh that. yes. Oh my God. Like the reason literally that I was inspired to do that was like during the hiatus of my, of my podcast. So between season one and season two, I actually listened to a podcast where, um, like, like the host did that and like actually started talking about like some of the struggles that, um, that she and her guest went through and it was like really deep stuff. And it was, I literally started crying because I had gone through some of those exact same things and I had felt that exact same way. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so powerful. Like I've felt so ashamed to share this information with people. And that's why I don't share it on my show. And I was like, but just understanding that there are people out there who have overcome those same challenges and like become stronger for them, have built better businesses for them. That is so incredibly um, helpful to me. And I want to be able to provide that same insight and help to those listening to my podcast. And so that was just kind of a moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I need to do this. <laughs> like I need to start talking about like, you know, more controversial things because these are the things that people actually need to know. These are the things that people need help with. And I think that's true for any show, whatever your topic is, um, you know, whatever, you know, whoever your ideal audience is, they want to hear um, you know, they want to hear what's really going on. They want to hear like, you know, the truth uh, that they're experiencing because they're most likely experiencing the same thing that you and or your guests um, are experiencing uh, throughout those like controversial topics. And they may be feeling completely alone because they have nobody to talk with about it. They have nobody who's, um, you know, openly talking about how they've experienced that too. So um, I just really recognized how powerful that can be. And I decided um, practically like immediately, like when I was like listening to that episode, I was like, I'm doing this. This is going to be so scary. I'm terrified. But like, this is what, um, this is what the world needs. Like in general, it's just more people being honest, um, in my case about entrepreneurialism, but in, you know, it can work for any show. Right. Yeah. Sometimes we just kind of need that little extra push in that right direction to kind of give us the confidence to do that. Um, so lastly, before we hop off. Um, I want to know what is your current favorite podcast? I know sometimes podcasters, you know, once you start your own podcast, you don't really listen to other people's. I'm always <laughs> curious, like what anyone's podcast, favorite podcasts are, whether it's another business podcast or you like enjoy random podcasts about random things. It's always interesting for me to hear people's like favorites. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, th I think it's funny because yes, my podcast listening definitely cut back when I, when I started my own podcast, but I do still listen to, to podcasts. Um, currently I would say my podcast of choice, um, is, um, uh, it's a show called literally, um, and it's, uh, hosted by Lacey Seitz, who I was actually in one of her group programs. She's a business coach and, um, she has literally recorded sessions like coaching sessions with her clients and put them on this podcast, like literally made a podcast of her coaching sessions. And so it's very real. It's very um, raw. And it's also like, like practically everything that, you know, her clients are going through, like I've gone through and other entrepreneurs are going through. And so um, it's super helpful because it's kind of like, you're also being coached. You're not just listening to a podcast. Um, and so I, that's the one that I'm kind of like really into right now, but I've also listened to a number of other like, you know, podcasts, usually around entrepreneurialism, um, manifestation, law of attraction, like things like that. Um, and yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah I've heard good things about that one. I haven't listened. It's actually on my list, but I've heard good things. So I'll have to check it out and I'll make sure to link in the show notes so you guys can go check it out too. And then lastly, just let us know where we can find you. So your podcast, your website, all that good stuff. Um, mm -hmm. and so we can, you know, reach out to you in whatever way. 
Yeah. Yeah. So my podcast is millennial success stories and it's, you know, it's on Apple, it's on Spotify, it's on a bunch of other platforms. Um, and then I also, you know, connect with me on Instagram, love Instagram. <laughs> it's uh, at Jackie Kossoff underscore LA. And that's where I primarily share everything podcast related. So, um, it's all, it's just all going to be on Instagram. And then, um, my, my site, my website also has like all my podcast pages and my show notes. Um, if anybody would rather access it that way. And so that's JackieKossoff.com slash podcast. And that's also where you can um, join my email list and download some of the resources that I have uh, exclusively for podcast listeners. So yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'll make sure to link everything in the show notes so that the audience can go check it out. But thank you so much for being here with me today. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Yeah, no, thank you so much. It was so much fun. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to www.savvypodcastingforentrepreneurs.com slash episode 154. See you in the next episode. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher and leave a review. You can find us at savvypodcastingforentrepreneurs.com and on Facebook at Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs and Instagram at Savvy Podcasting. Make sure to join our free Facebook community for podcasters by going to SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs.com slash community and join in on the exclusive community just for Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs listeners. I'll see you there.